By mid-July, every pillar of the state had got involved in the Karnataka drama, including the Supreme Court. But the highest court was said to get even more entangled in this matter. On July 17th, in an interim order, it said the rebels couldn't be compelled to attend the house. Senior advocate Mukul Rohatki explained the order to journalists waiting outside the court. Firstly, I am concerned with my 15 clients. I am not talking about the BJP. These 15 clients who are members of the Congress and the JDS respectively, they cannot be forced to attend the session tomorrow. They want to resign. They don't want to continue as MLAs. Therefore, the court has accepted their plea that they cannot be forced against their wish to go to the house. So if they don't go to the house, the benefit goes to BJP or whatever is a second issue. My first issue is that as far as I am concerned as a lawyer, my client's interest has been completely safeguarded and their plea has been accepted by the Supreme Court. Is the government falling, sir? What do you think? Well, the normal prognosis is if 224 is the strength and you remove 15, you go down to 209, I take it. Out of 209, you require, say, 105. And from the numbers that are available in the papers, those numbers stand one way. Indeed, those numbers stood only one way. But the next day, after Chief Minister H.T. Kumarswamy moved the motion of confidence in the House, former Chief Minister Sidramaya raised a point of order on this issue. Pratap Gowda, Patil and nine others, they have filed the petition before the Supreme Court under Article 32 of the Constitution. Nama Congress Party Agli, Nana Agli, we are not the party to this petition. We are not made as respondents. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court, in its interim order, Interim order, now no, I will just read the relevant portion, Your Honor. Come in, Honorable Speaker. I am no honor. Yen heli thare sandre. Vandu prayer bagye aur heli thare. They have made it very clear. Speaker discretionary powers jote now interfere agar barala. Nowhere they have discussed regarding whip. Amele, Pane Pyara the Lenel Tarentandre, we also make it clear, we also make it clear that until further orders, the 15 members of the assembly, Yuru, Yurenel Tare, 15 members of the assembly ought not to be compelled, ought not to be compelled to participate in the proceedings at the ongoing session of the House ongoing session of the house and an option should be given to them that they can take part in the said proceedings or to opt to remain out of the shame. He orders accordingly. See, it is indirectly this order curtailing my right given under the 10th constitution, given to the political party under the 10th constitution. 10 schedule, sorry. 10 schedule to the Constitution. In the interest of keeping this episode as short as possible, 
with a heavy heart i've decided not to include portions from a fantastic debate that unfolded in the house on this matter the debate started on july 18th and went all the way till july 23rd after the governor intervened multiple times issuing three deadlines for the trust vote to be conducted all of which were ignored by the house by the way the final count began on july 23rd okay okay close all the doors iga ella manya sadasrugalu yava sthana naavu tamage nigidipadisidive alle kootkolbeku modalne row inda prarambha maartivi yaru nirnayada para iddiri taavu dayamaadi eddu nintu namage sahakarisbeku officers nodi count maadi first row the officers of the secretariat went row by row as mla stood up to vote either in support or against the confidence motion ಪ್ರಸ್ತಾವನೆಯ ಪರವಾಗಿರ್ತಕ್ಕಂಥವರು ಒಟ್ಟು ಸದನದಲ್ಲಿ ಹಾಜರಿರತಕ್ಕಂತಹ ಸದಸ್ಯರ ಪೈಕಿ ತೊಂಬತ್ತ ಒಂಬತ್ತು ದ ನಂಬರ್ ಆಫ್ ಲೆಜಿಸ್ಲೇಟರ್ಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಹೌಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಇನ್ ಫೇವರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಮೋಷನ್ ಇಸ್ ನೈಂಟಿ ನೈನ್ ದ ನಂಬರ್ ಆಫ್ ಲೆಜಿಸ್ಲೇಟರ್ಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಹೌಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಅಗೇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಹಂಡ್ರೆಡ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಫೈವ್ ಕುಮಾರಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಇಸ್ ಮೋಷನ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಬೀನ್ ಡಿಫೀಟೆಡ್ ಮಂಡಿಸಿದಂತಹ ಪ್ರಸ್ತಾವ ಬಿದ್ದು ಹೋಗಿದೆ ಇನ್ ದಿ ಎಂಡ್ this is how the tally stood 17 rebels had absented themselves from the house and so had one independent mla one bsp mla and another congress mla so 20 people were absent from the 225 member house the speaker didn't cast his vote going by tradition where that vote is exercised only in the case of a tie because the speaker is supposed to be above party politics after sitting through days of the coalition mlas making allegation after allegation the bjp which had asked its mlas to sit quietly and not provoke or prolong the proceedings got its way it had won finally it is the victory of the democracy, democracy. people were fed up with the kumar swami government i want to assure the people of karnataka new era of development will start now onwards in coming days we will assure the people of karnataka farmers we will give more importance to the farmers who will live happy day take the proper as early as possible Welcome back to House on Fire, a podcast on the year that followed the 2018 state elections. This is Chapter 5, The Fall, Part 2. On July 25th, just two days after the trust vote, Speaker K.R. Ramesh Kumar called a press conference to pronounce his verdict on the disqualification petitions that were before him. 
I therefore hold that the respondent Sri R. Shankar, member of Karnataka Legislative Assembly, has incurred disqualification for being a member of the Karnataka Legislative Assembly in terms of paragraph 21A, okay, 21A of the 10th schedule of the Constitution of India, read with Article 191.2 of the Constitution of India. He thus ceases to be the member of Karnataka Legislative Assembly with immediate effect from this date, that is 25-7-2019, till the expiry of the term of this assembly, that is the 15th Legislative Assembly of Karnataka. I am very clear about it. Yes, I am setting up a new president. Let the lawmakers open their eyes. Let the country discuss about it. Let the state discuss about it. Sarvajan kahawala galan na kheđbe ka kheđbarda yur hii ga manasoyiche bandhan thirmanang lehtta kondre haage budbe ka antta kanthaddu nanana baadside. Adhikki nana nirnayavana chayit kondre. In our judicial system, judgment and justice in many of the cases will not be together. Justice and judgment will not be together, I am repeating. Unfortunately, people at the helm of affairs, by virtue of constitution, will be in a position only to deliver judgments, not deliver justice. Judgment relied on documentary evidence. This was my pain. Moral values, ethical values, do not find place in the judicial system. This was my pain. This is what I expressed. Under the circumstances, I have narrated all these things. Please give the order. Anti-defection law of 10th schedule should not become a monstrous law at the hands of the political parties to be used as an instrument to curtail the dissent voice in the political parties. This is my stand. If not, there is a serious threat for the growth, of, growth and existence of internal democracy within the political parties as this constitutes the fulcrum of the foundations of democracy in a parliamentary democracy system. This is my <coughs> convinced uh, opinion. I proceed to pass the following order. I therefore hold that the respondent number one, Sri Ramesh L. Jarkiholi, and respondent number two, Sri Mahesh Iranagauda Kumatahalli, have incurred disqualification for being a member of the Karnataka Legislative Assembly in terms of Paragraph 2.1a of the 10th Schedule of the Constitution of India, read with Article 191, Bar 2 of the Constitution of India. Both the respondents thus cease to be the members of Karnataka Legislative Assembly with immediate effect from this date, that is 25-7-2019, till the expiry, expiry of the term of this Assembly, that is 15th Legislative Assembly of Karnataka. There are other complaints with me, which I am still studying. I may require a couple of days more to come out with a judgment on those cases. For the day, these three members, Sri Arshankar, Sri Jarki Holi, Sri Mahesh Kumtali, they are disqualified for the rest of the term of the 15th Assembly. This is for your kind information. Yes, first, the, when two things are concurrently before me for adjudication, I have taken a decision on the resignation issue first. I have examined under the rule. I am convinced they are not voluntary in nature, they are not genuine, hence I have rejected the resignations. The other issue is pending. I have found enough evidence to come to a conclusion that they have violated 
the provisions of 10th schedule. Therefore, I have held them disqualified. Sir, okay. I don't know. I have. I don't have the information. But if this is the confusion about 164B, it is wrong. They are punished for the rest of the term of the house. If it has happened there, I don't know the situation. We didn't have to wait long. Just two days later, Kumar disqualified 14 more MLAs. And now there was only one thing left to do. For B.S. Yadurappa to take oath as Chief Minister of the State for the fourth time in his career. Over the course of making this podcast, I've interviewed some people who were involved in this drama. In this section, there are three interviews with politicians from all three parties. First up, former Chief Minister H.D. Kumar Swami. I knew the government wouldn't last in the long term. That is beyond the Lok Sabha elections. In February, because I released the tape of Yadurappa offering a bribe to my MLA's son, the government survived for three, four more months. session, SIT. SIT I didn't wish to waste my time by indulging in politics of retribution by forming an SIT to look into the matter. I didn't want to stoop to the level of getting Yadurappa and the BJP fixed. I just released the tapes to the public. I went ahead with the floor test because the Congress High Command asked me to save the government no matter what. The government could have been saved. I could have used the BJP's tactics to poach its own MLAs. But the local Congress leaders who were against the government would send away four MLAs every time I got the support of four MLAs. I saw that two, three people who were firmly in my support were sent. I won't blame the Congress High Command. But more than the BJP, it was the Congress's local leaders who were responsible for the government's fall. 
ಅಂಥವ್ರನ್ನ ಕಳಿಸ್ಬಿಟ್ರು ಅದರಿಂದ ಇಲ್ಲಿ ಆ ಸರ್ಕಾರ ಹೋಗಲಿಕ್ಕೆ ಬಿ ಜೆ ಪಿ ಅವರಿಗಿಂತ ಹೆಚ್ಚಾಗಿ ಕಾಂಗ್ರೆಸ್ನಲ್ಲೇ ಪ್ರೇರೇಪಣೆ ಅವರುಗಳ ನಡ್ಕೊಂಡಂತ ರೀತಿ ನಮ್ಮ ಸ್ಥಳೀಯ ನಾಯಕರು ನಾನು ಕೇಂದ್ರ ನಾಯಕರುಗಳ ಮೇಲೆ ದೋಷ ಕೊಡಲ್ಲ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಿ ಟಿ ರವಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಬಿ ಜೆ ಪಿ ದ ಕರೆಂಟ್ ಟೂರಿಸಮ್ ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ಯಡಿಯೂರಪ್ಪನವರು ಮಾತಾಡಬೇಕಾದಂತ ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ಕಂದಕೂರು ಮಗ ಜೊತೆ ಇವರು ಮಾತಾಡಬಾರ್ದಿತ್ತು ನಂಬರ್ ಒನ್ ಎರಡನೇದು ಇನ್ಯ ರಾಜಕೀಯದಲ್ಲಿ ಇನ್ಯಾರಾದ್ರೂ ಮಾಡೋದು ಬೇರೆ ಕ್ಯಾಪ್ಟನ್ನೇ ಮಾಡೋದು ಬೇರೆ ಕ್ಯಾಪ್ಟನ್ನೇ ಇಳಿಯಕ್ಕೆ ಹೋಗಬಾರ್ದಿತ್ತು ಅದು ಸ್ವಲ್ಪ ಮುಜುಗರಕ್ಕೆ ಒಳಗಾಯ್ತು ಯಡಿಯೂರಪ್ಪ ಶುಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಸ್ಪೋಕನ್ ಟು ದ ಜೆಡಿಎಸ್ ಎಮ್ ಎಲ್ ಎಸ್ ಇನ್ ಪಾಲಿಟಿಕ್ಸ್ ಸಮ್ಮನ್ ಎಲ್ಸ್ ಇಂಡಲ್ಜಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ಸಚ್ ಅ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಇಸ್ ಡಿಫರೆಂಟ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಕ್ಯಾಪ್ಟನ್ ಹಿಮ್ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಸೋ ಹಿ ಶುಡ್ ಹವ್ ಡನ್ ಇಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದಟ್ ಕಾಸ್ ಅ ಸಮ್ ಎಂಬ್ಯಾರಸ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಬಟ್ ಹಿ ಅಡ್ಮಿಟೆಡ್ ಟು ಇಟ್ ಹಿಮ್ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಅಭ್ಯರ್ಥಿನೇ ಇಳಿಬೇಕಾದಂತ ಅವಶ್ಯಕತೆ ಇರಲಿಲ್ಲ ಅಂತ ನಮಗೆಲ್ಲರಿಗೂ ಅನ್ಸಿದ್ದು ಹೌದು ಒಂದು ಮುಜುಗರ ಆಗಿದ್ದು ಹೌದು ನಮ್ಮ ಪಕ್ಷ ಸರ್ಕಾರ ಆಗಿದೆ ಒಂದು ವರ್ಷ ಆಗಿದೆ ಅವಲೋಕನ ಮಾಡ್ಕೊಳ್ಬೇಕು ಬಂದಿರೋರು ಕೆಲವರು ಚೆನ್ನಾಗಿ ಇನ್ವಾಲ್ ಆಗಿ ಕೆಲಸ ಮಾಡ್ತಿದ್ದಾರೆ ಇನ್ ಕೆಲವರು ಇನ್ವಾಲ್ ಆಗಬೇಕಾಗಿದೆ ಕೆಲವರು ಅವ್ರದೇ ಆದಂತ ಆ ಗವರ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಹಸ್ ಬೀನ್ ಇನ್ ಪವರ್ ಫಾರ್ ಅಯರ್ ಸಮ್ ಆಫ್ ದೋಸ್ ಹೂ ಕೇಮ್ ಓವರ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ವರ್ಕ್ ವೆಲ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಅದರ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಸಮ್ ಹವ್ ಟ್ರೈ ಟು ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ದೇರ್ ಓನ್ ಕ್ಲೀಕ್ ಬಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ನೋ ಸ್ಪೇಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಇಟ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಬಿ ಜೆ ಪಿ ದ ಹನಿಮೂನ್ ಪೀರಿಯಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಓವರ್ ವಿಲ್ ಲುಕ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ದೀಸ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಒಂದು ವರ್ಷ ಹನಿಮೂನ್ ಪೀರಿಯಡ್ ಮುಗಿದಿದೆ ಇನ್ ಮುಂದೆ ಏನಿದ್ರೂ ರಿಯಾಲಿಟಿ ಮೇಲೆ ಹೋಗೋದು ಹೋಗುವಂಥದ್ದು ನಾವು ಕೂತ್ಕೊಂಡು ಯೋಚನೆ ಮಾಡ್ತೀವಿ ಅದನ್ನ ಅಂಡ್ ಫೈನಲಿ ದಿನೇಶ್ ಗುಂಡೂರಾವ್ ಹೂ ವಾಸ್ ದ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ಕಾಂಗ್ರೆಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸಿಡೆಂಟ್ ವೆನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಡ್ರಾಮಾ ಅನ್ಫೋಲ್ಡ್ ಈವನ್ ಇನ್ ಯೋರ್ ಫೈವ್ ಇಯರ್ ಗವರ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಕಾಂಗ್ರೆಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ವರ್ ಅನ್ಹ್ಯಾಪಿ ಅಟ್ ನಾಟ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಇನ್ಕ್ಲೂಡ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ ಲಿಮಿಟೆಡ್ ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟ್ರಿ ವಾಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ಡಿಫರೆಂಟ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಕೋಲಿಷನ್ ಐ ಮೀನ್ ವೈ See, the coalition problem was one was that I think the one big problem was that I think uh, I would not like to blame anybody but see that the way it functioned was not to anyone's happiness. There was not much clarity between us and I think uh, one was the chief minister he did a lot of things that we, that we used to ask him to do but there was a lot of things which he did not and there was a lot of I don't know there was no clarity from his side. Second thing was I think BJP had who uh, was always fishing in troubled waters or always promoting a in fact even before the government was formed for the first time itself remember Anand Singh had disappeared not got a party another MLA so some of these people were suspect right from day one some people within the congress also were also not happy with the way the government was functioning many people felt that you know going with, with the coalition with JDS you know going to help us in the long run okay, it reached a situation where the ministers were not happy mlas were not happy the workers were not happy and uh, you know some of these were doing it because of the national cause you know to keep the secular parties together but then even thing was bad but then parliament then they focused on the parliament election and i think the whole election became a disaster for, for everyone and i think people didn't uh, buy into it workers didn't buy our voters didn't buy into it Congress voters didn't vote for JDS, JDS voters didn't vote for Congress. And though at the top level they worked, at the bottom voting level they didn't work. I did get a chance to speak to Mr. Kumar Swami and he highlighted this fact that, you know, many people who were long-time Congress people shifted. And he still feels bitter that the Congress sent them, basically engineers. No, 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 no. See, that he may feel like that. but that was not true because I will congress and then, and then uh, uh, lose their uh, you know 
such committed people doing the parties not even congress will do and why will they leave just because somebody is telling them to go i think it was their own effort their own planning and along with i think the bjp people they discuss somewhere in between somewhere i don't know when this may happen maybe after the npa i think it's all going to happen after the parliament election results and yeah, i i i understand it's going to be some heavy crowds but such a thing is that we couldn't help them saving the government but for life and everybody So what is this anti defection law and why didn't it stop defections But first let's listen to the senior journalist Soumya ji explain operation Kamala this novel way of subverting the anti defection law Janardhan Reddy the uh, you know mining baron uh, he's the brain behind the operation Kamala he's the one who came up with the whole concept of how this um, uh anti defection law can be subverted so we didn't have sufficient um he wasn't able to convince anybody to support him they needed to do this engineering to get to power and janardhan reddy figured out how to do it the first round was done with i think eight i don't exactly remember how many i think eight uh, we had eight by elections uh we, they needed only three but janardhan reddy wanted to be sure and he wanted to kind of you know hedge his bets which is smart but that's how he did it so they went around um, purchasing the mlas in whichever way they could the mlas were taught were told uh, you know and nobody knew if it, if it was actually going to work that round so the mlas were were told you just resign your seats and can you imagine an mla who's just won his election resigning his seat but they did it because of the um, of two things one um all the people that he picked were people who had won on their own merit they didn't really need a party to uh, get to power and um b uh, they were all promised ministerial berths and uh, you know to be fair to the bjp they've honored it irrespective of how badly it has affected their own party otherwise you know the party workers are unhappy party leaders are unhappy and that who wouldn't be they built their party with all these uh, you know people these parachuters who jumped in for money and for um, power are being accommodated at their cost so this resentment to the bjp but both times they have got to power in karnataka that has been the only way they've been able to do it uh, which is interesting uh i mean what kind of uh, you know uh, politics is that so karnataka has this really strange uh, uh, barrier in a way i mean they are karnataka is the only state which has got the bjp to power but it's also the only state which is not given the bjp power without all these machinations and without all this uh, you know terrible circus uh, to an extent did you know person responsible 
but I can't pin the blame of Operation Kamala on him, though he executed it, uh, because the ideation and the money came from Janathan Reddy both times. The tense schedule of the Constitution, aka the anti-defection law, was introduced first in 1985. According to the law, there are two ways in which the member of a house can be disqualified. First, if he or she voluntarily gives up their membership of a political party or if the person votes or abstains from voting in the house contrary to any direction issued by the political party to which they belong. I decided to look at the debates that took place in the parliament in 1985 when this law was first brought in. Many people echoed Ramesh Kumar's view that the punishment for defection should be more stringent that such people should be barred from contesting elections for a period of time. I'll read out from one such speech. And I quote, The disqualification arising out of defection in this bill is only a partial deterrent to a person who defects because of inducement of office. For the defector can be appointed minister for six months without contesting any election. It is true he will have to seek election or lose his seat after six months. But he can be appointed as minister for six months by the party, which may be in office, to which he has defected. This is an inherent weakness of this bill. In the short run, I would suggest that there should be some sort of deterrent that he cannot hold a government office or that he cannot seek re-election for a couple of years, say six or eight years. End quote. That was the then Congress MP Kamal Nath. 35 years later, his government in Madhya Pradesh was brought down by more than 20 rebels. Back in 1985, not everybody agreed with Nath's view, clearly. Some, like Jagannath Koshal, a former union law minister, explained why there was no such provision. And I quote, Some members are even suggesting that not only he should forfeit his seat, he should be disqualified for a number of years more. They say merely because he loses his seat, it is not enough punishment. But we have not gone to that length. For the moment, we are on this, that he should lose his seat and go back to the electorate by telling them, I have renounced that party. Now, I am coming on the ticket of another party. Or, I am coming as an independent person. Would you elect me? I put these observations and many other questions to the former speaker K.R. Ramesh Kumar recently. This is an edited and shortened version of that conversation. There are another batch, batch of people. They went to Supreme Court. And another team. Have, all these people were together there. Getting a direction issued to speaker not to mandate the presence in the house. Speaker never mandates the presence of members. It is the office of the legislature secretary that communicates about the sittings of the house to all the members. Mm. And it is up to them to come or not to come. That's where my role ends. We only decide about the business and send it to them. We send the communication. But the parties concerned as per the tense schedule, they have the discretion to see that the presence of their members is made compulsory in the house by serving a whip. Failing uh, to oblige, 
the directions of the wheel, they are liable for disciplinary action. And this matter came up on the floor of the House. The leader of the Legislative Congress Party raised a point of order and said, Supreme Court has made an observation like this. How can they take away my right? Then I had to consult the Advocate General of the state and other uh, experts. Then I said, uh, I have, I am not uh, regulating, uh, rather, rather mandating the presence of the members on the floor of the House. But I cannot take away the right of the respective legislature party leaders. And the ruling was given. And again, Supreme Court was wrong in its uh, decision. This was also uh, brought to the notice of the Supreme Court. And I think they stopped further. They did not proceed further. And the assembly sessions uh, took place. All these people were uh, served notices, rather whip, uh, directing them to be present in the house and take a particular stand on the voting of the confidence motion, etc., etc. Those documents were supplied to me. And the legislature party leaders were constantly uh, in touch with the speaker's office about every stage of development. They were complaining against these people and these people never responded to any of the things. And I had served a notice to them. See, the very purpose of enacting this law is to avoid horse trading or destabilize the democratically elected established governments. I have also a responsibility to interpret the law in its real sense. Then what we did, we served notices on all these members. Uh, we had given them three days' notice. They did not reply. They did not come. And they were all absent, absent from the house. And uh, see, I have gone by the law. Each case is different. There were 17 members. I have not tried to deal with them in a bundle. I have proceeded as per law. And the Supreme Court has upheld the decision of disqualification. The disagreement with the Speaker's decision by the Supreme Court was in relation to the term of the House. According to me, even now, the term of a House is for five years, unless otherwise the House gets dissolved. A member gets disqualified for certain acts which are prohibited for the term of the House. If he can face an election and come back, then what is the effect of disqualification? Honorable Supreme Court only has to explain to country in days to come. I am on record. I don't withdraw from my position. But I will come back to uh, that particular part about 164-1B. But before that, there were certain other uh, criticisms, let's say, that were like, uh, put your way by the disqualified members. That, firstly in terms of resignation, that though the law says that the speaker must be satisfied, it is only for academic purpose. And the no, 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 no. Let me correct you, Vikramji. Earlier, the position was that then there was an amendment to the Constitution, Article 181 or so, unless the speaker is convinced about the voluntary nature and genuineness he need not accept it. Coming by a special flight, coming in a group, not coming from your consciences, do am I to consider all this as voluntary and genuine? I am a part of uh, this society. Forget the fact that I am a speaker. I am a witness to all the happenings here. 
See, we are here to translate the law into action in its real spirit. What can be the criticism? Why did we have to go and hide in Bombay? Am I to consider all this as voluntary and genuine in nature? This is mandatory. This is made very clear by a constitutional amendment. Coming to uh, 164.1b, can you explain why you felt that this was, I mean, is it that the, do you feel that the tension See, is we should also enough? be, we should be alive to the happenings in the contemporary society. Why was 10th schedule brought in? With all the happenings in the country between 1967 and 71 and subsequently there onwards, it is only to avoid all such ugly and unholy things this law was brought in. What is the term of the house as explained in the constitution? It is five long years. Unless otherwise the house gets dissolved for certain reasons beyond anybody's control. And here, when you disqualify, if the disqualification is not for the rest of the term of the house, then what kind of disqualification is that? Supreme Court failed to appreciate this. As I told you, they owe an explanation to the country. Because in their judgment, they went by the literal wording of 164.1b, which said, yeah. I mean, either a judge of the Supreme Court has certain basic requirements compulsorily to be possessed by him to be a judge of the Supreme Court. A speaker of the assembly does not require any such qualifications. I am not even a law graduate. Let me be very. I am a witness to happenings in the house before me. To say whether a member was present in the house or absent, say, I am alive. And what if a member is absent despite being served with by his party? That is very clearly stated in the law. What is the object of bringing this law into force, which is very well known to all of us as active uh, political workers? The whole object was to bring in certain amount of morality and see that the mandate of the people is not defeated by machinations. I, I, I stand by my decision even now. I have gone by the spirit of the law. That is what I am expected to do. The law says that you go back to the people, to those who uh, elected you, and uh, seek yeah. their mandate afresh. Because you said yeah, These are all very simple things, you know. Yeah person who was holding the office as chief minister, who was um, uh, alleged to have misused his office. And, you know, there were a lot of complaints about uh, that man, and the complaints were referred to CBI. CBI charged him. Then he fought the elections, and he came. He said, people's court has cleared me. So these are all very easy terminologies that are being made. <laughs> Winning an election is an art, sir. It is no longer people's choice. Winning, Winning an, election an
In December 2019, 15 of the 17 seats that fell vacant after the disqualifications went to the polls and 13 rebels contested those seats. On December 9th, the results came out and the people of Karnataka had voted in 11 of these rebels and all of them were made ministers. Three others have since been rehabilitated in the government after they became members of the upper house of Karnataka's bicameral legislature. So the Karnataka drama had reached its conclusion. And what about the Supreme Court's involvement in this matter? I spoke to senior advocate Sanjay Hegde and here's what he had to say. First of all, what did you think of this order itself and the interim order saying MLAs could not be compelled to attend? Well, this is one of those slightly tricky matters in as much as an MLA is not a mere head of cattle to be counted. He is a person who is sent to represent a constituency. In the, in the present case, the MLA uh, concerned had resigned, but the resignation was not accepted. Till such time as he was a member of the House, could he be compelled to obey the whip? Now here is where the 10th schedule comes in. The 10th schedule, which is the Anti-Defection Act, basically acts on the principle that political parties can issue whips to their members. Those whips can be, uh, can be enforced on pain of disqualification. So the court was also has this other problem that it normally does not get into the internal working of the house. Within the House, the Speaker is the ultimate authority. The Speaker conducts the House. And it's only his final judgment which is subject to review by the, by the constitutional courts. That is the, the rough way that the, that the law lies for a very long time. So the court was at the interim stage faced with a situation where the MLAs thought that they had given up membership of the House. Within the House, the Speaker said, no, your membership is not yet gone. It is alive till such time as I either accept the membership, as I accept the resignation, or till, uh, till such time as they are, uh, they are disqualified. At that stage, the, the, the court had to find a via media or to rule one way or the other because an assembly session was due. The court's call at that point of time was to, was to possibly follow the Home Minister's example, which came slightly later, that you could not compel somebody to attend Parliament or to, or, or, or to attend a legislature. You remember the Home Minister during the Kashmir debate suddenly saying, I can't keep So in one sense, the Supreme Court was also referencing similar thinking. If a man thought he had resigned, but the office inst uh, insisted that, he, uh, that uh, his, his resignation was not valid or it still had to be processed, could the office still, con uh, uh, still compel him? So it, 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 was, it was a twilight area where the, where the court finally uh, drew up, uh, uh, preferred to err on the side of individual choice then the collective wisdom of the institution. But in doing so, did it not interfere within the in the functioning of the house? And 
did it not throw within the, the functioning within the no the, the this this is where courts should be much more circumspect i have been writing it uh, in similar pieces not only in the context of karnataka but in the context of uh, uh, rajasthan and and a lot of places courts should not get into political messes at the interim stage at all that is what chief justice venkatachalaya had had laid down in kehoto hall on that no quiet immediate actions were permissible that is no interim at an interim stage don't come to court come to court only after a final order of disqualification is made however at each point of time in each political crisis everything ends up in the courts because somebody or the other moves the courts and the courts seem unable to say no at the initial stage itself well now everything was over right what about the bjp government after all it has been in power for one year how has it fared over this past year to find out i spoke to my friend nagarjun dwarkanath a reporter with india today nagarjun what has happened with the bjp government over this past year how what is what has been its experience in power well unfortunately since the time idurappa has taken oath as chief minister uh, he has faced severe backlash from his mlas in terms of fund allocation but the chief minister has defended himself that it's because of natural calamities and the economic situation going from up to the downward trend he's unable to grant the funds to the constituencies as he was doing it when he was the first time chief minister as soon as he took oath till uh, one month he had not had any cabinet members for few at least two weeks he was running the government alone and then came floods he had to tour karnataka across karnataka we had at least 10 to 12 districts uh, submerged under water post that in few months there was covid which started and the revenue surplus that the karnataka uh, had went into a deficit and he had no money to allocate to funds in the span of last 8 to 10 months every mla who went with letter for grants or for some money expenditure in the departments or in the constituencies including ministers uh they didn't get the positive response from the finance department especially from the chief minister because he is also the finance minister this bottled up uh feelings from mlas in the last few months at least are coming out as you can see the statements that they are giving uh one can say it's not in favor of the cm they seem to want uh, to have a different chief minister in karnataka they feel that a new phase will rejuvenate the government as well as the party so that's where we stand today there is uh, uh, anti incumbency what if one can say anti incumbency even before the election for the cm chair for edurappa completely coming from the bjp more than from congress or jds it's the mlas within bjp who want him to be removed today okay and what's been the experience with these uh, rebels you know so many of them have become ministers so have they kicked up a fuss like kumar swami famously warned in that trust vote and what's been their performance no in fact these 17 who came have quite gelled with the cm more than the core bjp members these 17 have been loyalists of bjp because as edurappa had promised them that they would be accommodated in the cabinet he stood by his word so these 17 have pledged the loyalty to the chief minister when the core bjp mlas want to have a change of leadership these 17 are the ones who are going to stand by cm today and also uh, when we speak to mlas or ministers 
the MLS are of an opinion that the newcomers are the ones who are performing better than the old timers. There are several senior cabinet ministers who have been quite lethargic within the cabinet. And uh, the MLAs who are two-time or three-time MLAs who have never been cabinet feel that these 17 uh, ministers who have come from coalition as defectors are working better. They are, they are being more responsive. They have been seen going in and around. And if you see, what does this mean for Yadirappa now? Well, what happens from here is very difficult to predict. But uh, at the, the way that things are going seems that uh, it's tough times ahead for the chief minister with uh, several lower core uh, BGP MLS giving statements against him. We saw Mr. Pasangoda Ethnal saying Yadirappa is not even uh, my leader. He's only a chief minister for me. Uh, Modi and Amit Shah are the leaders for me. This shows how uh, there is rebellion within BJP. We have seen about how 17 to 20 MLAs met for dinner. They wanted a change of leadership. But at the end of the day, the whip is with the high command. They will take, take a call maybe in a couple of months. But at this point of time, the process is not started is what we can say because they have given a free hand for uh, the chief minister right now in all the pro projects and all the implementation and all COVID work. He's been given free hand. So it's only time can say that if will, will he be changed or not, only time can say. But uh, things are not fine, at least because of the statements given out by the BJP MLS. That brings me to the question of the high command, right? Because since, since the beginning of this government, there's always been this tension where Yadurapa isn't granted meetings with Amit Shah and Modi. There were some very pathetic sites last year where he was writing letter after letter, but there was no meeting. So how is that? How has that relationship panned out? They're in a catch-22 situation. Uh, can someone replace the stature of Yadurapa? Can Is there a other mass leader as big as Yadurapa for BJP in Karnataka? Well, there's no one else. It's, it's his own political stint in the last 40 years, which has got him seats from Belgaum to Mysore. So they also acknowledge that without Yadurapa, there is no BJP as such Karnataka. But there will be an end or there will be a threshold. Everyone has to retire someday. It's already uh, 77 or 76 years at this point of time. Will they have a CM candidate who's 82 if everything goes well at 2023? He would be around 80, 81. Uh, will you have a 81-year-old candidate as a chief minister or will you have someone younger? So that's the big question that the high command will have to face. But do they have an alternative phase? At this point of time, they don't. They have not shortlisted on anyone. So they don't want to uh, uh, anger Edurapa by removing him immediately. Do they also don't they also don't want to risk the upcoming elections in next in the next three years? that's a wrap on the series. Thank you all for listening to House on Fire, a five-part podcast series independently produced by me, Vikram Gopal, cover art and scripting by Namita Nair. All the music used in this podcast was sourced royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. 
For more information, please visit www.houseonfirepodcast.com.